Can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Bart, can we weigh the car at that weigh station? Yeah. Bart, can we pick up that hitchhiker? I don't see why not. Bart, can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Well, I didn't think I was rehabilitated, but uh, I guess they needed the extra bed. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Bart on the Road. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How you doing, man? Very good, mate. How are you? I am always good. You're going out for dinner tonight for some Thai. Looking forward to that? Uh, I am. I've, that's a really uninteresting way to start the podcast. <laughs> Is that what we've come to after nearly three years? You know what I did on the weekend? I went to birthing classes. Now, see, that's a more interesting topic. <laughs> How did you go? Did you feel your vulva opening like a flower? It was not fun. So I had to wear these, um, these suits so they make you feel like you're pregnant. So they put a... What? A, okay. So I'm uh, I'm going to stop on that straight away. Why do you need to feel like you're pregnant? So you, know what, curiosity. so you know what your wife's going through. Why do you need to know what your wife's going through? You know it hurts. I know do it hurts. Do you really need more than it's that? It's more than... Not so much the pain, it's how uncomfortable it is. It's just things like getting out of a chair. I understood it was uncomfortable, but I now really understand what she's going through and I can appreciate just how annoying... As much as you love having a child there, how annoying it must be to have to carry it around for nine months. Okay, so it's empathy class, basically. Basically, yeah. But no, but it was more learning about what to do once the child's home, what you should and shouldn't do. Um, Look, that's... Yeah. Learning about postnatal depression, things like that. That's important. Well. Yeah. Absolutely. I had to watch a lot of birthing videos. That's not... That's an experience. Yeah. I hadn't watched one of them since the year eight health class. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I caught an episode of One Born Every Minute, and it never stops being terrifying. Like, I wouldn't say ter- by the by the seventh video I was fine. I was desensitized you, to it. But. Have you seen one of those ones where they have to get the suction cups in? Yes. Have you seen one where the suction cup slips off the baby's head and comes flying out? No. Yeah. See, terrifying. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was the episode that I happened to catch of one born every minute. I um because Nicola's considering a water birth, so we had to watch oh, some yeah. water birth videos, and there was one where the baby's head was out, but the baby didn't realize it'd been born yet, so the head was just chilling out. And the dad's just looking at the baby, and it's just if it's reacting or it's reacting like it's still in the womb. That was something to behold. So the baby doesn't actually know it's out of the womb until you take it out of the water. Right. So a baby can come out and just chill in the water for a couple of minutes if for you let how it. How long? Could we create an entire podcast? race of water babies? We can try just, a super race. How long could you keep it underwater for? That's the opening scene of Aquaman. If it's attached to that, <laughs> yeah, as long as it's attached to the umbilical cord. You could have a fully grown man that just finally comes out of the water for the first time. So you just have all these women connected to babies underwater, men underwater. Yeah. Just just dragging their mothers along with them. I mean, theoretically, I feel like that could happen. I don't think it could. (laughs) And this is why you don't have a child. (laughs) I feel like there's so many human experiments that have not been run about births. And that's one of them that I would like to see. The other one that I would like to see is you take 20 volunteers to live in the water. So, like, they've all got to be pregnant women and then they give birth in the water and spend 90% of their day in the water. Temperature-controlled water, so it's not uncomfortable. They're not going to get sick or anything like that. But then, eventually, their kids grow up. They meet other water kids and then they have a kid. And then, same deal. they got to spend all that life. And this would be like a 400-year experiment. But in 400 years' time, you take these water people and see what sort of physical attributes they have developed that land people have not 
I can't force see that ever happening. In, okay, what I'm envisioning, you can enforce evolution and prove evolution in that with that experiment. What I'm envisioning is Ash I mean, is giving a sorry. water birth and you're standing there. Doctor's about to take it out. You go, bup, 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 bup. leave it there. Leave him down. Leave him there. He'll be fine. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Um, I say prove evolution. Of course, it has been. But you could demonstrate and be what, like the first time, the first instance of man-made evolution. I fear for Ash for when she gives birth. Do you think you'll ever have a child? I've already unsold the rights. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Barton the Road anyway. What do you think of the episode? I really, really love this episode, actually. For I forgot reasons, how great it was, yeah. For reasons that I had forgotten all about. Uh, because, frankly, it's not the funniest episode going around. It's got a lot and of one-liners. But um, yeah, and a lot of them, for me, did not hit the mark. Like, there mm. weren't many moments of the one-liners that made me laugh out loud, but yep. the character-driven comedy is really, really good to compensate and the overall character dynamics that you get throughout of this and, and really Homer and Lisa are the heart of the episode. Yeah, It's a really well-told overall story. Um, I was reading about how the writers back in the day were really excited to do a road movie in general. And, uh, road episode, yeah. I think it was... Al- Sorry, road episode. I think it was... Might have been Al, but someone was saying that not only were they excited for this, but just in general that road stories, road trip stories are something that writers always gravitate towards. I think Bill may have said that. Yeah, because you, you... Okay, it was Bill actually now that yeah. you've said that. Thank you. It You get a natural sense of forward momentum within the story just by the fact that they're in a car, they're going from one place to another place. A lot of the work is already done for you as a writer. And... Somehow, I don't know. I've always been a sucker for road movies for that very yeah. reason. Even though you, even though I know that that's what the reason is, it's not necessarily that they've put more work into it. It just seems like the stakes have been raised because they've got to get from A to B and then go on what it, you know, the best road movies tend to be combined with some sort of personal journey that mimics the section of the road trip that they happen to be on. Unless it's a rat race. It's just to get money. Rat Race is purely to get money, yeah. But that's not one of the best road movies. <laughs> it is funny, though. But this has a very, uh, like, a Lemon of Troy feel to it. In what way? So, for example, Nelson, right, mm. doesn't normally hang out with Bart. So, you get that dynamic of Martin, yep. Martin and Nelson again. But they're in, they're away from Springfield. It's not very often you see the kids away from Springfield when they're not with their family. Yeah, true. And Homer and Lisa, who don't spend a lot of time together. But you also, very rarely do you see Marge alone. That's it, yeah. That's Apart the, from... That's the sad part of this episode. Mm. It... it sort of highlights the loneliness that adulthood can bring, especially if your parent and your spouse has to work night shift. Yeah. You have nobody. Yeah. And, yeah, both kids are away, your other kid's a baby, and, you know, she's off in the water, and you've got nothing left to do. Yeah. Um, Like, there have been times where that gets referenced. Obviously, You Only Move Twice is an example, and mm-hmm. Rancho yeah, Relaxo, yeah. like, there hasn't are... Happened, hasn't happened yet, though. You Only Move Twice. I know. I, I just mean yeah, in, in general in the history. Yeah, yeah. But it's very rare that you see Marge just on her own. And it does provide a bit of... Not bittersweet, even just a, a, a more downcast... Um, this is her life. What's the word? It's it's kind of the other side of the coin of all of the... Yeah, the antics and frivolity that's going on in the rest of the episode, and then you've just got Marge on her own, desperate for some attention and not getting any of it. And it's sad, but they mine it very well for funny. It never crosses over into, like, feeling pity. Yeah. Because they keep it they keep it pretty funny and light the whole way through. Even the, the phone calls, oh, you want to speak to Lisa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good callback. And the I think one of my favourite examples of it is the very end, during the end credits, yeah. when 
she's getting all the phone calls and all of this craziness she's that she oblivious. has no idea about. And Homer just gradually hiding more and more under the doona. And his little... How relatable is he in that moment? Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> I know something you don't know. Yes. And I like that Homer goes from rage and he's now finally seeing the funny side of it all. It's a, it's a really cool way to have ended the episode. That's one of my favourite moments. The other favourite moment for me was Marge poking Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> just a tap, nothing. Yeah. Boom! Bang. <laughs> and the cry from Maggie. Right in the ribs. Yeah. Uh, I also really like the... Just the, the kids are very relatable in this episode. I feel yep. like they're written... They're kids. ...really, really well as kids. Possibly not 10-year-old kids, but it took me back to being... I think Lisa is, but not so much because he's out driving a car and everything. Yeah, but I, I, it took me back to being 15, 16. That's, that's what... I, it reminds me of your first sense of freedom. Yeah. Um, times where, like, I might have been 16. In Queensland, people got their license a bit younger. They may still do. So, as a 16-year-old, if I had a 17-year-old friend, would go on a road trip somewhere. And, yeah, like, you, I was still... You're very much aware of the fact that we're not adults and it still felt... a Not naughty. I mean, it was legal, but it felt like... That ad- that adventure of, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Like, if we want to go into this store right here, we can. If we don't want to, we don't have to. If I want to re- just suddenly go, let's go to Dreamworld, we can go to Dreamworld. Like, we can do absolutely anything or nothing. And it's a really cool sense of freedom that you get. And I like the way that these kids deal with that in their different ways. Yeah. And I like that Bart just embraces everything. Yeah. He's yes. very... Yes. <laughs> it's very important, though. That they had the kids at the end of the day, like, but he needed his parents to get back to where he was. Mm. Because it's quite often that you think you can look after yourself when you're a teenager, but at the end of the day, you realise, I still need my parents. Yeah. I'm not quite responsible enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> There's, well, really, everywhere along the way, that's reinforced. Even yeah. Though, you know, they, they try to go to see an R-rated movie, and they pick very much the wrong one. We'll, I'll deal with that I don't know if you know much about the movie Naked Lunch. I don't know. We'll deal with that when we get to that scene. Okay. And it, when they wander into the bar, they're like, "Let's grab a drink. How exciting this is going to be!" And then one of the really most hard hitting times that the show confronts problem alcohol addiction when they just look into the future and all go, "Oh no!" Like, and in silence, just back away from the beers. Uh, there's countless times. Every time, basically, they try to do something, it goes wrong for them. And apart from picking up the hitchhiker, that happened to work out for them, luckily. <laughs> but <laughs> do you know he's based on the hitchhiker in Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre? Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I haven't seen that okay. movie in full. Yeah. So ever? No. Okay. I kind of felt like I'd seen the best bits just from clips. That bit where he's trying like, to hit her on the head with a hammer. Uh, no, I hadn't seen that actually. Okay. But That's I was like, you know, shit. dude, chainsaw swings it over his head, based on Ed Gain. I can ha- like I've, Ed, I've, I've Ga- got- Gain Gain. Depends on how you want it. Well, G-E-I-N. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Either way. Tomaco. <laughs> we were having this conversation at work the other day. Sorry, this is just yeah. way off topic. But if there's one thing that I don't like about the Australian accent, it's that no one in Australia says either tomatoes or potatoes. Yet we use it as a phrase. No, we don't even do that. Like as in... Oh, you mean... No, not potato, potato. But I mean, would you like some potatoes? Everyone in Australia would say potato. Potatoes. Yeah. yeah, it never gets shortened to potatoes or tomatoes, and I really wish it did because, you know, what are you having? Potatoes. It, it's something about that that I it, think we something would say, about Middle America that is so quaint. We would say taters. We would shorten it even more. No, we wouldn't even go to taters. Yeah, reckon. Oh, we love to shorten things. No one's ever called a potato a tater. Well, we can start the trend. 
I don't think we can. I don't think we have that power. We can try. Well, we could try, but well, it's you, not last week work. you tried to say that fucking Chris Pratt was a sex fiend, and that didn't take <laughs> off, did it? <laughs> I, didn't I have no power. <laughs> I didn't even get a fucking cease and desist. <laughs> I was waiting for one. That's how little I, I was sitting on the edit button. I was like, do I delete? Do I delete? You could have beeped <laughs> to save me. Well, I didn't. Feel free to beep out <laughs> next time I say something like that. Like the next time I talk about <laughs> and how she was busy taking a donkey <laughs> right up the <laughs> while her sister <laughs> was filming and <laughs> into a <laughs> next time I say anything like that, please beep it out. Oh my. We'll get back to the episode anyway. So. The Simpsons, they, they're stuck in a vacuum. They never get older. What I like about this is you kind of see, besides the episodes where they time jump into mm-hmm. the future, it's set in real time, present time in the Simpsons universe, but how Bart would behave when he was a teenager. This is something that teenagers do. Yeah, definitely. We would never ever get this opportunity again. Yeah, it's something that I think, it again, is relatable in that you... I don't know how many, but I know... A, there would be enough people that everyone would probably know someone that has taken a car for a drive before they had their license. Yeah. Uh, I, I put my hand up. I did it once. Um, not far. I went about six kilometers across town, uh, mounted a curb, popped a tire in front of a police station. Is that went, you? Yeah. <laughs> and went, oh dear, I uh, I need to get this bad boy <laughs> back into the garage. My wife is going to kill me. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to my, oh God, I can't remember his name. Had a very helpful neighbor um, help me change the tire. and not Whose tire was work. it? It was my car. Oh, it was your car. Yeah, yeah, I didn't steal the car or anything. I just didn't have a license. And yeah, I borrowed I was on my car. learners, so that's why I had the car, and I ducked around to pick someone else up who couldn't, you know. But of all the places... You're such a criminal. Of all the places <laughs> to mount the curb, in front of the police station was not the best one. I think you've explained each week for the last, say, two months of you breaking the law at least once per episode. A lot of statute of limitation stuff is starting to fall by the <laughs> wayside, so I can start to uncover some truths. Do you think it was sort of um, disappointing that Bart didn't learn his lesson? In this episode, because Lisa just saved the day for him, Lisa and Homer, and by the end of it, he was just—he felt like he'd gotten away with it without having to suffer the consequences. I, no, I think he did learn his lesson. To be fair, as much as he didn't cop punishment for it, there was an unspoken, an unspoken acknowledgement of the fact that he had only got there through the help of Lisa. And even if he didn't know it, I reckon there might have been some small degree of knowing Homer was involved. Because when that package rocked up at the power plant, surely you're going to put two and two together. Uh, at least I would, even if there's not, I would prefer to think of it that way. It would be kind of cool that he's there, he's telling that story just for Marge. <laughs> even though Homer is furious in that moment, the look on his face at the dinner table is hilarious. But it was, yeah, I think there's enough there that Bart knows, I fucked that up. And thank God for Lisa, or I'd be still stuck in Tennessee. Yep, yep, yep. Now, can you explain to me, why was Nelson hanging out with Milhouse and Bart? Because obviously it helps the story. For any other reason? Let's assume they were both happen to be at the Quickie Mart at the same time. So the first time they all come together, Bart's got his fake ID. So it's not beyond reason that on spring bake... He overhears Milhouse talking about it? Him and uh, Milhouse oh, well, about they've it? just both gone to buy a squishy or something, and Bart's gone, hey, come check this out. That could very easily have been what led to that scene. That could. Now, I've explained my favourite moment. What was your favourite moment from this episode? Um, oh, it, I, it, it's one of those ones where I'm torn between two. Don't say the back to Winnipeg. No, no, no. I really liked... The one that made me laugh out loud the most, because I was really not expecting it, was the hitchhiker's line. About the bed? Yeah, that... Well, I didn't think I was fully rehabilitated, but I guess they just needed the bed. 
Do you know, I never could understand what he was saying. I had to actually, I still could understand. I had to actually frinky yak it. Oh, okay. Great line. It's really funny. Yeah. And great line <laughs> yeah. reading. It's very well delivered. And if not that, it's Homer putting on the helmet to scream in anger. And I reckon if you listen to it, the last two things he says is fucking ass. Yeah, right. Okay. It, 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 it Possible. Goes, fucking ass. <laughs> it sounds like fucking ass. I'm telling you, it, that's got to be it. <laughs> and, and obviously, Dan Castellanato would have sworn his head off and yeah. just muffled it. Yeah. That'd be a good game. Try and guess how many swears Castellanato said in that one scene. Yeah, I'd have to go back through uh, and like... Listen. Yeah, get um, some of Grissom's headphones. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs> Play it backwards. Because they exist. Gus Grissom has his own headphones where you can forensically listen to audio. Yes. Yeah. Now, we posted in the Four Finger Discount exclusive Patreon group. We uh, did. We asked for new names. Yeah. And we had a lot come through. Too do, many. Do you have one? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, National Lampoon's Illegitimate Vacation. I like it. I've got Wigan out of Springfield. See, I knew wigs were going to be in there. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's a cheap and obvious choice, but I... It's I not tr- cheap and obvious. Oh, I tried to avoid it. Um, Joseph O'Hara, Knoxville Knights, The Ballad of Barty Bobby is mm-hmm. not too bad of a, uh, of a suggestion. Sally Haywood has got a few likes with Journey to the Center of the Sun Sphere. That's pretty great. Joel Simpson simply quoted an episode. Bart ran out of car yeah. with a funny driver's license to drive Milhouse, Martin and Nelson a w- uh, week out. Oh, to a week out in Knoxville. And this is really difficult to read because it goes over several lines and it's all one word. And got their car crushed and they're out of money and they can't get home. And Bart's working as a courier and just came back from Hong Kong. Joel Simpson, by the way, the man who drew our cover photo. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, thank you, Joel. The man who designed your new Photo Lab Geelong logo. Yes. I, uh, I appreciated all of that work. Thank you for not making the Photo Lab Geelong Labrador look smug. Getting wiggy with it. <laughs> I like it. David Hamish Abbott-Smith had that one. Jake Taylor, I don't mind, around the world's fair in 80 days. Sam Fairbanks, grammar rodeoactive. <laughs> yeah, I can accept that. Yeah. And that'll do it with the new names. But thank you for all of the submissions. Yes. Um, we're not going to... I mean, we can't read them all out because I don't want this to be a 45-minute podcast of alternate names. Nice. But <laughs> they all... Like, it's so much better when we get that many coming through. If you want to be involved in that kind of stuff, $2 plus patron. So we have to do patreon.com slash fourfinger discount. Now, Mitch, trivia, what do you got for me this week? Uh, I have got three questions for you, Dando. Mm-hmm. I'll um, start things. I have much more than three. Well, I, okay. I think you need to stop that, but that's fine. I have five. You keep, keep trying to show me up. I feel like three, three's a whole, three's a wholesome number. So is five. Five's my favorite number. Okay. Don't take it away from me. All right. Well, you can keep doing five. I'll keep doing three. <laughs> okay. But 10 trivia questions in total is a bit much. What is Bart's birthday according to the ID? Ah, oh, I didn't see it. Okay. It was February 11th, 1970. Okay. Now, I should point out that I um I lost my notes for this episode, so I've had to rewatch it hastily. Oh. So You lost your notes? I'm wondering why you didn't have anything in front of you. Yeah. No, I'm um, I'm freeballing. Um, is that what they call it? Free, uh, free basing. Freestyling. With Whatever. the rock and microphone. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Just my own. This is what happens when I don't have notes. Bomb Funk MC gets in my head. You just become all Jimmy Fallon and I without can't, a teleprompter. I can't think properly. <laughs> no, I will never be as bad as Jimmy Fallon without a teleprompter. I've just realized- anyway, the point is, so I couldn't go back and freeze frame everything because I had to rush through. I've just realized something. So mm-hmm. this episode would have been created in... This aired in 96. It would have been created in 95. It aired in March 96. Yes. They say Bart was 25 years old. 25 years old. When this episode aired, according to the ID, he would have been 26. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Well, this plot's just fallen in a big <sighs> hole, hasn't it? I don't want to do Stop the podcast the anymore. Shit episode. What dates were spring break? Oh, don't know. It was 
Well, at the very least, when it was written. See, um, what concerns me about this is in the calendar, there were then three more days that were crossed off, but not written on there. Okay. So... I do like that they had spring break written across the whole week. I'm going to (laughs) say... I'm going to include the crossed off bit. It was the 4th to the 23rd of April. Okay. I knew it was April. I didn't know the date. Yeah. It was the third one. Technically, the 4th was a Sunday. So, I guess you would say it was the 5th. From the 4th to the 20th. I thought, yeah, spring break written across one line. Oh, hang on. 15th. It is, yeah. Sorry, 15th. It's written across one line, but then as there are, as I said, there are hash marks. Yep. Oh, no. You know what they've done? What have you done? No, no, no. Okay. So, technical dates of spring break. Oh, this calendar's all over the place. This whole uh, trivia is all over the place. Is the 15th through to the 19th because the 20th is a Saturday. Have a look at this calendar. They have gone to a, the effort of putting in the split boxes in the bottom so you could have 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th. That's an amazing attention, uh, amazing level of attention to detail that I hadn't even noticed until I went back to double-check that answer. That's a Futurama level attention to detail. Well, look, they're not solving maths quiz. They're drawing nah, calendars. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Next question from me. What's the slogan on the Tennessee billboard, the welcome billboard as you walk uh, Tennessean is Tenabelieven. That is correct. Which I was a big fan of. That's uh, like, you know, my favourite pun. Um, you know, I can't think of a country one off the top of my head, but Reese with a spoon, Reese without a spoon, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Daniel Normal cliff. Normal or something cliff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my second question: What area of the cracker factory is where? Like, what was the name of the room where the crackers were salted? I don't know, but I know there was a husky driving on there, or rider running around <laughs> the, in there. Yeah. The, what was it? Crackers Ho? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it was, believe it or not, Dando, the salting room. The salting room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What is the name of the store that the boys take Milhouse's glasses to and he smashes all the bottles? Oh. Um, good pun. Good pun. Um, uh, porn Again Christians. That would have been good. This one's Hawksville, Tennessee. Is that a pun? Because you're hocking stuff. Yeah. Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, Knoxville. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Knoxville, Knoxville. My uh, my final question is: What brand slash model, depending on what uh, on how you want to take it, was the license printing machine? Oh, I don't know. It was Minute License. Minute License. M I N I T. What's the name of the equipment that Homer has to reorder because he uh, it was all over it? T four five seven. Four three seven. Four three seven. So oh my you, God! You operate without a T four three three. I mean, I mean, my, my God! <laughs> Safety command console is what it is. And finally, for me, where did Martin go on a shopping spree? Ah, uh, where did We World? We World, yes, yes, yeah, correct. Not where he bought the El Gordo. Hello, you are hearing me talk <laughs> now. Big Ronnie's rip and rip shake. Let's see if you can say that, Mitch. One, two, three. Now, Big Roppy. God damn it. <laughs> You just can't get it. This is starting to become too much of a joke. <laughs> I need a cue card. Now, Big Roddy's Rippin' Rig. Fuck. You even got that wrong. Big Roddy's. See, Mitch, I don't know whether Mitch deliberately made it up wrong the first time, but he fucked it up by accident that time. Big Roddy's. Is that not what it's called? No. Sorry, that must be. You can't do. You can't say that. Is They're that responses. The- is that the side business that let's they move, were running? Let's move along. It's the Gold Coast. Who knows what that... Well, it's not even that. It's Brisbane. That's the one that they have on the Gold Coast. Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack. You got it. Uh-huh. You got it. They are big supporters of the show and big supporters of The Simpsons. They love The Simpsons. Simpsons references throughout the whole store and 
Henry, our man from Big Roddy's Ribs, mm-hmm. he uh, shouted my parents to a round of drinks that are up there this weekend in Brisbane. Thank you very much for that, Henry. Thank I you, mean, Henry. I mean, <laughs> had no bearing on me, but <laughs> thanks anyway. Uh, hit the bigroddiesribs.com to check out their menu. It is delicious, delicious food. Mention... Code word, it's a secret for 10% off. But, you know, if not even that, just say, I listen to the show. We mentioned the hungry horn last week, by the way. Guess what? You get to blow a horn if you eat it all. You do get to blow yes. the horn. Is that not what I uh, suggested? Yes. Like that I need to be thing that happened? It's already, yeah. it, it, they it's do. already there? Yes. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do the horn sound again? Because it came through great last week. <laughs> Is that about right? Yeah. I would pay just to see you just do that. Just a big foghorn. <laughs> It would be amazing. Can I just pay the, the price of the meal just so I can blow the horn? And it'd actually be like the way it would happen in in Simpsons world is I've just finished. I blow the horn. And then it cuts to the captain like off the coast going, Gar, we're near the cliffs. Yeah. Turn to the left. And then just bang into an iceberg. <laughs> iceberg. Why not? Yeah. Off the coast of Brisbane. <laughs> so head to bigbodiesribs.com to check out their menu. So the original air date was March 31st, 1996. The couch gag was The Simpsons are set like bowling pins. One of the more memorable couch gags for me. This episode for me reminds me, I feel like this must have been aired quite a few times on like Super Simpsons weekends and things like that because it always reminds me of watching it on a Saturday morning. They must have aired it time and time again. I suppose, yeah. Like, oh, I Maybe this is, er- is era of The Simpsons. Just, yeah, I think it was this era of The Simpsons was those marathons tended to focus on the same yeah. five seasons over and over again. Yep, yep, yep. And then every now and then there'd be a smattering of something from earlier, but it was mostly, you know, four to eight was what you would get. And then a little bit later, a little bit earlier, but they were, yeah, they were the wheelhouse of what they were going to show on a Saturday. Yeah. I can actually distinctly remember my dad laughing his head off at Homer cursing in the suit. It's yeah, just, right. I can, I can visualize it. It's just one of those moments I can remember. Clean off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can visualize it falling to the floor. It was a sad, awful day for the family. Yes. <laughs> your poor mum comes in, sees that you've apparently killed your dad. It's that show again on TV. <laughs> oh, I knew I shouldn't have let him watch again. Why did I do it? <laughs> you fooled me. So the episode kicks off with Skinner planning his spring break holiday. And I love that he's doing it during work time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the only time Springer has uh, Springer that Skinner Jerry has Springer. Ter- um, Springer has Springer ever been on the show? Yeah, on yeah, Chaos Pro ten, later. I think. Yep, or nine. Anyway, um, it's the only time that Skinner has ever properly abandoned his post, but he still comes up with a reason to an extent. It's not like he doesn't just send everyone home early. He still gives them the excursion to go on. Did, did these things actually happen? I can't. I couldn't remember. Yeah, apparently it did in um, America, but I can't remember ever doing one. Going to my parents. Uh, I remember going to my dad's work, but not for for school. Like a school no, day. I mean the only times I ever went to dad's work when I was a kid was if I was sick, and you know, two working parents, yeah. you didn't go home when you were a kid. I would sit in the office, at you know, at solitaire dad's, <laughs> at dad's place of business and solitaire, mate. free sale, MS DOS. I didn't have solitaire back then. What do we? If go? I was lucky, my grandfather had a DOS based golf game. If I ever got to go to the dry cleaners when I was you know unwell, that was what I and Aldo's Adventures. Um, I don't remember that. Aldo was an. Am- Is this on a Macintosh or? A- uh, oh shit! I don't. I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I think it was PC. <laughs> okay. But uh, Aldo was like this little, not Mario <laughs> character, uh, in a sort of. He just wasn't super. It wasn't he was just even, Mario. It wasn't even side scrolling, but it was platform adventure. You had to work your way up the up the screen. Kind of like Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was down. No, down don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare say it has any similarities to Donkey Kong. The good people at Aldo's Adventures will not have it. <laughs> The game I remember playing a lot as a kid was Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego on yep. the Macintosh. On the Mac. Yeah. The, um, that was always in, in school on the computer. And Jack and, and the Beanstalk was another big one. Yeah, and uh, 
that 3D what, tank what, game. Yeah, what about the one where it was on in a skier? Ski- oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and like the abominable snowman would always eat you and you couldn't get away from him, no matter how yeah. good you were. Yeah, that was just randomly generated yeah. to say it's time for you to stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back, uh, Skinner, what's he doing? He's organizing a trip to Hong Kong? Yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah, bizarre. Um, you you wouldn't have thought. Why would you want to go back to that place of the world after Vietnam? And I was going to say you wouldn't have thought like a man who suffers from post traumatic stress would head back to Asia, but maybe he just wants authentic sushi. Well, yeah, someone that can get the spices right. Yes. <laughs> what was it? Stew. It was a stew. Yes. <laughs> um, but they've got all the times wrong. Now this this actually this whole episode, it's kind of dated, but that's the charm of it for me. Or do you reckon that's dated? That joke. No, 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 no. The, what's coming up? So the the plane tickets. Yeah, that's what I mean. That happens all the time. <laughs> but it wouldn't be seven thousand dollars now. No, but the joke still stands. I had this happen with Jetstar. Um, sorry, beep that. <laughs> um, I've I've had this happen where yeah, you try to make a last minute booking. Um, couple or a few years back, I was in Bali, wanted to bring a flight forward because uh, it was a three week holiday, and after two and a half weeks, I was like, I've had enough of this, and there was a cricket semi final to go and dominate in. Um, so I tried to bring a flight forward, and it cost me more than what the original return price was to book one flight back because I was changing the booking. Okay. So $7,000 is an exaggeration, obviously, to make the joke work, um, but that budget airlines... GM Chrysler. GM Chrysler is a very good <laughs> um, ex- exclamation. But yeah, budget airlines screw you over all the time for making the slightest change. The other data... Jetstar, part- sorry, another, Go, one with, yeah. another one with Jetstar. Like, oh, you've booked your flight, that's fine. Oh, you want to add luggage to that flight, sucker, it's going to cost you... <laughs> Well, when I say dated, I mean the fact that they're reading books and roadmaps when they're driving around. These days, the mm. kids would just pull out their Google Maps. There, yeah, true. And Bart would just be able to text someone, find his way back. Yeah. Order an Uber. Yeah. Come and pay yeah, when yeah, arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah, technology has sucked the life out of storytelling it a has. bit in yeah. that regard. Because there's it, always a convenient uh, answer to any problem now. But the, the thing about this, it reminds me of going on road trips like with your friends or with my parents and getting lost. And if you had an outdated Malways, you're fucked. Yeah. Or if it was, you know, in the case of my father, any trip to the MCG as a boy. <laughs> Anytime you ventured... I can see your dad having some serious road rage oh, as well. Oh, mate, it was terrifying. You didn't make a noise. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> just you, you did not want to speak you in didn't, the car. You didn't want to exist. Martin Malloy might be on in the background, but don't you dare laugh. <laughs> my earliest memory is my dad calling a guy a fucking dickhead as road rage. That's brilliant. That's my earliest memory. <laughs> earliest memory I know I had daycare. Yes. <laughs> So your earliest memory is that. My earliest memory ever is of nearly drowning at the beach. That's Horrifying. a pretty fucked up childhood <laughs> to look back on. My dad yelling at you're a fucking dickhead whilst you're drowning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you swim now? I'm a terrible swimmer. No, I'm really water. bad in the water. I hate water. Anyway, getting back to the episode. So what does Skinner do to counteract the fact that he doesn't want to have to pay all this money? Sends everyone on the excursion over to um well, just visit your parents at go work to, day. go to work with your parents day. Yeah, yeah yeah and even the kids are confused what this yeah. isn't a real thing so then Bart is staying at home Bart is a genius it's like the oh, ultimate yeah. loophole you should, yeah. the problem was he should have read the note realised that it actually said you can't be a housewife yeah, and not exactly. show Marge Yes, that was where it all went wrong. But I really love, like, Bart is living it up on that couch, pouring milk straight yes. into the cereal box. <laughs> Amazing. I, I want to try that looking, at least once. Just looking around Marge for the TV yes. is also brilliant. <laughs> Lisa is very annoyed by this because she doesn't want to have to go to the power plant because she doesn't like the power plant. No, of course. She's been campaigning against them for years. Yeah. And Mar- Marge is just down. like, well, there you go. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring him down from the inside. Now, what I love most about this is Nancy's delivery of Bart's shock when Lisa suggests the DMV. Yeah. But yeah. it's not so much that it's the animation of just Bart looking aghast. The face. And the cereal. Yeah. The cereal says it all. Falling out it's of like, the box. It's like the jaw dropping to the floor, but just the cereal. Or Roger Meyer's cigarette belt <laughs> yes. ash hitting yep. the ashtray. Exactly like that, yeah. So we're at the DMV. I Sorry, also is uh, Lisa's really smug, self-satisfied face at that same moment. Just, <laughs> She's smug a lot lately, Lisa. Yeah, and as she should be. She's smarter than everyone else and that entitles you. At the DMV, and Bart is really, really bored. I love that Patty and Selma brag about some days we don't let the line move at, at all. all. <laughs> Still a problem, like... Someone, uh, it's someone that referred to Vic Rhodes as the RTA, um, made that like this is a thing that for forty years, if not longer, for as long as this place, in whatever What's country you're place? from, the road authorities, oh, like DMV, where you have to go, yeah, DMV in America, RTA is Road Transit Authority, but Vic Rhodes or wherever it is, where you get your license. If from. you're going in for your license, you know you're waiting two two to three hours, I, I, and it's no always reason. been you that see them way. Sitting there, just playing with themselves, basically doing nothing. That's exactly what they yes. do. Yeah, <laughs> that's why the counters are so high. <laughs> so then Bart says, "Well, at least I'm not at the Cracker Factory like Millhouse, because you would think that would be boring, but mm. no, it's like a theme park." Um. It turn, well, for Millhouse, it is. I don't know that it would be the most exciting it's place got, in the it's world. It's a bat me. pole, man. The bat pole is pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> and the bat pole music is pretty great. The thing is, though, it's kind of sad seeing this scene when you know what's coming in the next season with Kirk and the Cracker Factory. Yeah, true. But it's a fun. I like that they kept that uh, occupation. Yeah. And the fact that they do show you the happiness helps sell how sad his life becomes. Yeah, that's it. But you never actually see Millhouse and his parents having fun together. This, I think this is one of the only moments. I can't recall any other time. Um, yeah, no, definitely not. And telling that, you know, he's away from his wife when yes. they are having a good time. So then we get to the power plant and Lisa is certainly not having a good time at the power plant. It's very boring. Not much to do there. Just watching Homer eat donuts. Doing it? No, thanks. Do you have any fruit? This is purple stuff inside. Purple is a fruit. Purple is a fruit. Purple I is forgot a fruit. it was from this scene. Yeah. I thought it was from when he gains the weight. But no, it's just oh, it's non-toxic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the, you know something that I really liked in this scene, and this is a great example of why I really enjoy this episode, and it's the fact that the storytelling in the episode... The setup for the lights? Yeah, the fact that the, you introduce this map and it's just a funny joke, and then it gets re-sort uh, of seeded in your head about halfway through the episode, mm-hmm. and then it gets used in Lisa actually... You like the map is used to help save the day and help formulate how they're going to get Bart back home. Yeah, like the obvious joke that I was in my head thinking it was going to go to is that when he's like um, unscrewing one of those lights, it's like Diablo like, Canyon two. Why can't be like Diablo Canyon one? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a case of like just change the light for one that works and then cut to see Diablo Canyon two, Canyon two just up in flames yes. or something like that. But um, it was very cool the fact that this thing that gets introduced then comes back. It's like proper. 360 storytelling that you don't always get in a 22-minute sitcom. Just very subtly saying, it's still there. Just just remember, it's there. It's important. You just don't know it yet. Martin's then at the stock market, and he almost makes $12 million. Yeah, in the futures market. On soy. (laughs) Soy! Soy! All of them just joining in. (laughs) Yep. It's $1 not $12, but anyway. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. $12, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you look, uh, all but 600. You got greedy, Martin. Yes. This <laughs> like 15 seconds of his life. So he only gets the $600. Lisa then suggests what, what this room needs, it just needs an imagination. Imagination of a child. Yeah. So she sees the two suits. I love that Homer doesn't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is something that I think you could relate to as a kid. Because she says Apollo Homer. Playing space. Playing yeah. space, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this something you did as a kid? Um, I, can, I can imagine oh, you doing it. Look. Putting, not, a, putting a helmet on one of your toys? Not in my memory, <laughs> but it would not surprise me if someone had footage of me doing it. If you were role-playing Apollo 13 as a kid, and mm. you did it, just say you did it. One man did, play, I'd have done all the characters. Yeah, yeah, if that's did, what I was, was going to say, which character would you have played, do you think? Uh, Gene, Ed Harris. We've never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my <laughs> so, watch. So you've got the three teddies on the, on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the other room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, that would be fantastic. <laughs> do you want to make my kid do that? It's actually, this goes a long way to show what sort of a kid I was. Some of my favourite scenes of Apollo 13 were Gary Sinise in the simulator trying to figure out the correct sequence to power up the LEM and not go over 12 amps. <laughs> Just him flicking switches and trying to get it right. I fucking ate that shit up. Were you a fan of Christoph in Truman Show? Ed Harris? Oh, I'm a fan of Ed Harris in everything. <laughs> But particularly Ed Harris behind a console. <laughs> I can see you like walking around Geelong and talking like Ed Harris from the Truman Show as if you are God. Uh, I, if I do ever see some like localised rank... Like a supermarket and yeah. they're talking like Christoph. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. You with the power of talking over a supermarket would be trouble, I reckon. Mm-hmm. I once got not in trouble because the manager could not peg who had done it. But I spent a night just doing different voice impressions over the PA system. Which place of business? Woolworths down Drysdale. It was a Woolworths? Yeah. So, do you work there? Yeah. It was one of my first jobs in oh, high okay. as a teenager. Um, so, the first one was just jumping on the PA and giving it the, Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Just in the middle of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Yeah. That was all I said. <laughs> and then later, it was... Um, <laughs> Because you know how there'd always be like, you know, uh, Brendan Dando serves 22 at the yeah. uh, front uh, front counter or, um, Brendan, could you please come to the storeroom, blah, blah, blah. So after, a bu- there were like four or five calls in a row for the same person to go to different areas. So then I jumped on the PA and went, um, let's say it's you, it was, uh, uh, Brendan Dando serves 22 at the chopper. We need you to get to the chopper now. <laughs> go! <laughs> I could see you just go, get your hands off my penis. And then I could just watch the manager just beelining up and down every aisle trying to find who'd done it. Like, was that you? No, mate. <laughs> Sorry, I was in the cool room. I don't know. What happened? Good times. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the DMV and Cletus. I love the, how did you get any photo taken? Someone then leaves the, now, they have, she has to actually say, I left the license printing machine on to sort of spell it out to the younger audience, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Or possibly even to spell Anyone. it out to Bart. Yeah. Uh, Would Bart necessarily have had that temptation had she not said the line? So they spell... Uh, but she didn't have to spell it. No, she just said, I'll turn the machine off. If mm. she's just saying it to Bart, she wouldn't have to say that. The licensed printing machine. Oh, sorry. The the actual words, licensed yeah, printing yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, no, yes. In that instance, yes, I agree. But then what does, what does Bart do? Takes full advantage. Yeah. Parts his hair. Yeah. <laughs> dresses himself older. Yes. Keeps the same name, though. Silly. No, you don't have to worry about trying to remember a new name. But I've you, always liked that. But if you're going to try and use it around Springfield, like, Mo knows who Bart Simpson is. Well, apparently he forgot. 
<laughs> that just seemed a bit silly to me that he used the same uh, name. Time flies. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't it just a couple of episodes ago that Mo was engaging with Bart? Was it? When was Uncle Mo's family feedback? It's all blurred. Yes, it's, it's this season, I think. Anyway, so then he goes and brags to his friends. He shows yep. Neil House and he shows Nelson, and they can't believe it. Spells I, it out that it's a fake ID. Yes. I love that, like. I love the joke is very funny here that Millhouse goes from like this is completely fake. Yeah, it's a fake ID. A fake ID. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the words fake ID. You ever used a fake ID? I think we've all tried once. I've to told you that ID. I have. Yeah, I think I've actually said it on this podcast. Oh, a couple you times. may have. I had yeah. two different birth certificates to get into movies. Birth. That's my birth certificate. Yeah, fake. That's extreme. Faked my birth certificate <laughs> so I could photocopies of, but you know, so I could either get into an MA movie on my own if I needed to, or I could slip in for the under 15 student discount if I needed to. I tried once, the guy did a double take, I panicked and ran. Left the fake ID and everything. So I borrowed an ID from a friend from school. Not only did I not get into the club, but he then lost his ID. Chicken shit. Yeah. (laughs) At the Geelong Hotel, which is no longer there, I don't think. Dollar Pots used to be. Uh, Yeah. I think it's now a hospital, which is probably better for the community. Slightly. <laughs> so what happens when they get the ID? They go, they go around, it's a montage of different Yeah, just travelling around Springfield. Now, Naked Lunch, explain. So Naked Lunch is a movie about heroin addiction, homosexuality, and features a lot of, uh, it features a lot of nudity, but not, oh, it doesn't feature a lot of nudity. Maybe it's just sex. But not certainly kind of not what the boys are looking for. And then I, I do love the subtlety of that punchline from Nelson. Like, I can think of at least two wrong, uh, two words wrong in that title. Just basically... It lets anyone that knows of the movie, that joke works for them. There's no lunch? Uh, probably not. And certainly not naked lunch. Yes. Uh, and But anyone that doesn't, I mean, it's it's a joke about a movie that's going to be too offensive for kids. So they're not spelling it out. Or if you're like me and you haven't seen, hadn't seen Naked Lunch, it forces you to go and then look it up and go, ah, yeah. oh, that's what that's about. Yes. That's very clever. When you're a 10-year-old. Um, if With I your fake had, ID. If I had access to the internet when I was 10, I probably would have looked it up. Uh, they then go to Mo's. We've explained what happens there. They highlight alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Then Millhouse screams, Spring break! Yeah. When are we going to get, get rowdy? When are we going to do something about this? Uh, so that's when Martin enters the equation with his $600. And Bart puts two two together and realizes that they can rent a car. And this is where shenanigans begin. Isn't yes. It? I really like... Well, the only small thing, how does he still have 600 bucks after his shopping spree? That's but, what I was going to say as well. Yeah. yeah. That, that bugged me a tiny bit. Yeah. The... I really liked when they've rented the car, turn the corner, and then Flipsy jumps out the window. It's The way it's barking just has a really good sense of ominous kind of shit's not going to work out here. Even before it gets run over. Yeah. Like, I would have been happy for it to just continue going with fade the barking and fade out on that. But, I mean, the, it, the, the metaphor's rammed home pretty hard when it actually gets crushed by a car. You no, know Jet lost his shit when I was watching this. At Flipsy? Yeah. Yeah, right. That barking sound drove him mental. You have to convince him it wasn't a real dog. Yeah, I did. It's okay, Jetty. He's yes. not really run over. <laughs> we come back and Bart has prepared an airtight, utterly plausible alibi to tell their parents. Neil, uh, Nelson's delivery is amazing. Yeah. I've been selected to represent the school at the National Grammar Rodeo at the Sheridan Hotel in Canada. I've been selected to represent the school at the National Grammar Rodeo at the Sheraton Hotel in Canada. I'm going away for a week. See ya. Yeah. Lisa is very annoyed though. She's she's jealous as well. Yeah. Bart's being picked, but she's trying to. She knows something's not right here. Yeah. And 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 even at the end. That's or, not Latin. Yes. Bart's faking it. <laughs> I've used Dorcas Balorcas a lot to my sister. Didn't like it. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> no, she didn't like it at all. Was she smart enough to realise it wasn't Latin? Or did she, I did she go around? Do you know my brother speaks Latin? <laughs> she just knows that it was on The Simpsons and Bart was using it as a payout. Okay. Yes. But the thing is, when Bart comes to claim with Lisa, she goes, I knew it. Because why would we have our national grammar, grammar radio in another in Canada, in another yeah. country, yeah. another country, whatever she says? Do you think they had her say that for viewers who didn't pick up on it? Yeah. I mean, of course. There, there are always going to be people that don't pay attention. It's like that old, um, that joke, uh, you show a diagram of like a bird sitting on a roof and it's a pointed roof and you say the rooster lays an egg, which way does the egg roll? And they say, uh, left. And you say, it's a rooster, roosters don't lay eggs, haha, you're the dumbest person that ever existed. Or there was a horrible train crash on the border of Victoria and New South Wales, where do they bury the survivors? So yes, it's one of those things. That's going to go over the head of a lot of people. Yeah. And then they pointed out and a lot of people in... There was this collective sound all across America. <laughs> Did that hurt? A little bit. <laughs> It's quite loud. <laughs> I wish I was filming that. I had to commit <laughs> to get it to get it on mic. I had to. There was commit. an instant sense of regret on your face <laughs> as you collected your face. I knew it was coming. Do you want to explain what you just did? No, I, th- I think people can understand that that was the head slapping <laughs> sound effect. It was it just took me back to the time I nearly knocked myself out in a pantomime. Really? Yeah, I was playing. Uh, oh, we were playing up like a wake up Jeff kind of aspect because little kids. Pantomime for little kids. They're great fun. Yeah. And so it was Jack and the Beanstalk. So it was Wake Up Jack. Mm. And I felt, I did it day one and the kids didn't laugh as much as I would have liked. So day two, I was like, I'm really going to smash my head on this. I was in like a little windowsill. So I was like, yeah, kids love pain. I'm really going to go hard into this windowsill here. And then very nearly gave myself a concussion. Like I was that dizzy for the next probably did get a 10 minutes of the, uh, of the play. Managed to remember my lines. So, you know, I was, I was at least a little bit okay, but yeah, I, um, anything for those little bastards. Did <laughs> they just, laugh this time? Yeah, they loved it. I thought it was worth it. Yeah. Like a wrestler, like Mickey yeah. Rock from the wrestling. But then it's the problem, the, uh, the it's about response. the crowds. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> They didn't like it as much when I pulled the blade out and slashed my forehead open. That went a bit too far. <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson that day. There's a fine line between comedy and tragedy. <laughs> then the boys are driving away. This is one of the more memorable scenes from the episode with it. Been driving all night, my hands yeah. went on the wheel. It's a sweet intro. It's, a awesome, it's an awesome visual as well. They had to actually use computer animation for this. One of the yeah, first right. times in The Simpsons since The Trails of Horror. Yeah. Of the aerial shot, yep. driving around the car. I just love the shot of their hair blowing in the breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, so, like, so that moment for me as a teen was listening to Boys of Summer. Same thing, driving in my mate Paul's, oh, I want to say Nissan Pulsar hatch, uh, windows down and Boys of Summer blasting as we were driving up to Noosa and never felt more alive in my life. For me, it was Banger Gone by T-Rex. Yeah, okay. Love that song. Yeah. <laughs> so, Millhouse is then adjusting the radio. Another dated thing because we don't have radios like this anymore. But remember when you used to have to have the dial on the yeah. exact spot? Yeah. You knock it a fraction. You'd, you'd turn it, think you'd turn the volume up, but you actually turn it in the tuner. Yeah. You're like, God damn it. But then Nelson gets annoyed with Millhouse doing it, smacks him in the back of the head. You sure did. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> but <laughs> what best moments. Then we get the cup holder. We gotta stop and get a cup. Yeah. <laughs> Bart is then using cruise control. Yeah. Not like a wise way, option. I like the way the car is drawn so big that he can walk around on the seats. Yeah, yeah. Like that just again it underscores the fact. Is he that walking they, though? Yeah. Actually walking. He actually walks between okay. um Nelson and Martin. Yeah. Or Milton. Yes. <laughs> um but uh, like it's it's really cool that sorry, it's a it's a really nice touch of animation. Where it again just shows that these are little boys in a man's world. Yeah, that's true. Like you said earlier, though, it's just I love how Bart's embraced everything. He's just so yeah. easy going now. He's just yeah. up for whatever. He's just he's free. Yeah. They drive through the great cornfields of Canada. Yes. 
<laughs> we haven't quite got to that scene yet, though. Well, they hit the cornfield. Yes, they hit the cornfield. Yep. They all scream. We cut to Homer changing the bulbs, where they're reminding you, just pay yep. attention. Yep. It's going to pay off later. He then calls home because he wants Lisa to be there because yeah. he's bored. Marge is so happy here, too. Yeah. Like that, this is uh, one this is, you, thing that, You do feel sorry for her in this one. Uh, you, I can't remember last time you called me from work. A little, but it helps. It's funny. The fact, it's, that, the fact that she cares so much really helps set up the comedy later on. Had she not cared, wouldn't have been very funny. Yeah. Like it's it's You still got a feel for her though. Pathos and a bit of Schadenfreude. You're taking joy in the fact that someone else is not. But it's um it it it's really, really well written, this whole thing. Well constructed to pay off not only now, but when Bart calls later on. Yeah. He invites Lisa to work with him because he, he he's bored by himself. He yeah. needs Lisa there. He now. misses her. Yeah. Which is what I again, this is one of the things that I really loved. It's like Daddy Daughter Day back in Lisa the Greek, that Homer even though there it was about ill-begotten gains, but Homer so often neglects Lisa, but is realizing here how much he loves his little girl. This is really a Lisa Homer season. Lisa the vegetarian, Lisa the iconoclast, a lot of episodes. Bart then reveals that they're not going to the grammar radio, so they've just come through the cornfields of... Canada. The vast cornfields of Canada, Canada, which is something that is a very funny sentence coming from Martin, because he should know a lot better. You know what I love about this? As a throwback to Nelson not telling his mum the truth. Because he, he's yeah. like, we're going to a grammar he rodeo. Didn't even, he yeah. didn't read the note. He didn't know what the alibi was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just love that. So great. Martin then questions, well, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> they then pull out the travel books, as you were talking yeah. before, and maps and all that sort of thing. I don't, it's a weird thing here, the Macon, Georgia reference. I don't get why. I don't, not as in I don't get, but I don't know the best of my looking couldn't uncover if there was anything else to this. Andy Williams apparently has a connection to Mac- Macon, uh, Georgia. Okay. That'll but do I read that. there's a reason Nelson would want to go to Georgia because he likes Andy Williams. Because he likes Andy Don't Williams. know what the connection is. I just read that somewhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. That'll work. But they end up deciding from Millhouse to go to the county fair. The 1982 World's Fair. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to have a quick scan through Frinkiac to see if we know that it's 1982 yet. When? In that book. Yeah, it says 1982 on the front. It does. Of the book. In that scene? Yes. It does indeed. Good. Because I didn't notice it until the end. I went, oh, I hope they haven't retrofitted that for the reveal. But okay. No. Um, that should be the first hint to older viewers. This isn't going to be what the kids think it is. Yeah. <laughs> this whole episode sort of highlights that adult life isn't as exciting as kids think it is. No, that's very true. Because there's responsibilities and Freedom consequences. Freedom is not as exciting as you yeah, think it is. Yeah, that's true. So, it's a choice between Disney and Knoxville. So... It's a choice between Disney World and Knoxville. Knoxville! 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 I concur. Homer and Lisa then steal the candy. This is a nice touch. It is. Where Smithers comes along, about to get grumpy, but then takes the candy. Mm. Good work, Simpson. Simpsons. Apparently, the Jolly Ranchers has something to do with... It's a gay joke. I mean, I assumed that because the word jolly is in it and it's Smithers. Uh, okay, so what it is, it's um, it's not. This I've gone to our good friends at Urban Dictionary, so yeah. it's not that it's a gay thing in a, in and of itself. But a jolly rancher is a term used for a guy who can stay so hard that girls can blah blah blah. <laughs> can we get that beep again? Yes. <laughs> um, so basically, the I guess the catchphrase for the jolly rancher is that it wouldn't. It's going to stay hard a long time. It's like a gobstopper type thing. Okay, I'm not sure the writers were going that. Whether someone just no, I it, think they would have been. You reckon? Yes. <laughs> okay. I also like Homer's theory. Isn't it something if it's been in there for over a year, it's free? Or yeah. more than a month or something? Yeah, if it's been in there for a year, it's up for grabs. Yes, it's up for grabs, yeah. Have you ever been able to get stuff for free out of a vending machine? At Ford, there used to be a vending... Oh, yeah, every now and then you'd get like a bonus Coke can or something. At the Ford vending machine in the smoking oasis where I used to work, 
if you picked number 56, the Coke Zero, you've got a free Falcon. Always, <laughs> I wish, always free. It always yeah, gives right. you money back. Sweet. I've never been lucky enough to have an ATM go, uh, go astray. I've heard, of, heard tales. I've, heard, I've had one eat my card, which is the opposite. Well, your card was probably expired, or you put it in the wrong pin, or you left it there too long. They're one of the three reasons. A little bit of bank facts for you there, guys. Yes. <laughs> have some knowledge. Yes. Uh, um, Homer mentions the night shift. Yeah, and yeah, organizes the slumber party. I like that Homer sort of gets more excited here as it like he's giggling. It's like he's got a, a friend. Yeah, <laughs> it fa- is like he's got he's a, friend, a new but friend, but it's also like he's regressed to being an eight-year-old girl. Yes, that is true. Yeah, um, road rage. Yeah, so we get Winnipeg. Everyone knows Winnipeg. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, you kids can't keep your heads to yourself. I'm going to turn this car around and there'll be no Cape Canaveral for anybody. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. It's, I love this, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just perfect Nelson. Yeah. Does, does, nothing else is said. It's just yeah. a short five second clip. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great sound effect. Yes, it is. Uh, but, but the threat he gives the kids is exactly what our parents used to give us. Yeah, right. If you don't shut up, you're not getting this. And it's just the look of, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're driving from Victoria to Queensland. You're at Byron Bay. If you don't shut up, I'm turning this car around. You believe like, it. You're 18 hours into a 22-hour trip. Uh, he'll do it. <laughs> he will do it. <laughs> um, we then get, as we as I mentioned before, Bart just embracing everything. So can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Hitchhiker? Yes. Bart, can we stop for ice cream? Yes. A throwback to something that's happened like five seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but one of the other things, can we weigh that car at the weigh station? Yes. Why, why, why would you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> then we get Lisa leaving Marge. Yep. And Marge is home alone. We, have, we don't quite get the Maggie moment here yet though, do we? It's no, just that Marge is starting later. to... She's yep. just depressed. Not, I wouldn't say depressed. She's just disappointed she's going to be by herself. Then they arrive at Branson, Missouri, which is like Vegas if it was run by Ned Flanders. Yep. And so, unlike Nelson, but he wants to go to Andy Williams. Yeah. Uh, now, did you see on the Andy Williams um, venue, there's He's a He's still got it or something? He's still got it from Look Magazine, which had gone out of business some 20 years before this really? episode oh, aired. I did not so, know that. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Apparently, someone at work was telling me, I didn't have the time to look it up, Lurleen Lumpkin has her own store. Yeah. Store. Um, and like Pippin something or other. And there's Alabamania. So, it says Alabama, but it's Alabamania. Alabamania. No, it's just, Al- Alab- just Alabamania. Alabamania. Yeah. Okay. My I didn't think he was going to do Moon River, but then, bam, second encore. It's like, you know, when I went to see Bon Jovi a little while ago, and after the main show, he hadn't done Living on a Prayer yet. So I was like, Jeez, I wonder what's coming up next yes. <laughs> when he's walked off the stage. We went and saw Brian Adams mm. and he hadn't sung... Oh, it was one of his... Summer of 69? That's Summer of 69, yes. He hadn't sung it yet, right? So the show's over and you think, all right, well, he's going to do an encore. Lights come on. Everyone's looking at each other going, he's actually not going to do it. Yeah. Then he walks out on stage and goes, ha ha, I got you. Nah, brilliant. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> People started leaving in disgust. Oh, it was so great. That's great. Was that at... um? Was that at a venue? In was Geelong, that at yeah. Mount Anita State. Yeah, he waited that's... a good two, three minutes of lights on. That's Everyone was just so like, funny. It's not happening. It's actually not happening. The only reason I came. <laughs> well done, Brian. <laughs> Man, it was great. 
I just stood there with Nick because Nicholas like, should we go? I'm like, he's going to sing it. He's not this silly. Yeah. <laughs> he knows yeah, people, of course, course he's coming. For that song. Yeah. <laughs> he's a professional. Homer and Lisa are then playing Truth or Dare. Another nice moment. Yeah, it was. The whole thing with Homer and yeah. Lisa is nice. <laughs> first, uh, first question, who do you love more? Then getting turned into dare. Now I like that Homer has the prank turned back around to him yes. on him. Yes, yeah, so good that Mo just confirms the name and yes. then goes nuts at him for <laughs> it. <laughs> but I like that. That's the first thing that Lisa thinks to tell Homer to do as well. Yeah, that's like what her that's her and Bart's thing. Like yeah. that's, that's their naughtiest thing they do. Yeah, and he's invited her in on it. It's yeah. very cool. Contrast. Oh, we also get the uh, Lisa's boyfriend. Um, or not boyfriend Alga. Girl that Crush Boy that he likes Crush Langdon Olga Boy that he likes A boy that she likes yes. It's a boy Someone <laughs> likes it and, But what I like most about it Is Homer's going woo, 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 yeah. I won't tell anyone Yeah He's very quiet And enjoys puzzles <laughs> I like that. that That's very Lisa Like Lisa would enjoy that But she always, almost gets Sort of a bit of uh, Joy out of telling it So she, she yeah. had to just tell somebody You know Yeah Contrasted with Marge, who's watching a seminar on hypnotism, yes, and conquering the real estate market, uh, this is where you get the the Maggie poking Maggie. Like again, yeah, you do feel a bit for Marge that she's just gone a bit stir crazy because her whole. Life is doting on the family, and yeah. when they're off and don't need her, that's that's pretty much all that she has left. I feel like for a lot of non-working mothers, or even only part-time working mothers, like yeah, when your kids leave your house, that's you, that's twenty-five years potentially, yeah, up to twenty-five years of how you've identified yourself is gone. Yeah, the only thing is, this is in the middle of the night. Mm. Normally, Bart and Lisa would be sleeping anyway, so why does she have to? No, wake but an up? empty house always feels different i know that but still they would have they would normally be asleep anyway yeah i know but she's had a whole day of them being away she'd be thinking about Lisa, them she'd be Lisa worrying been about Lisa them went at night time she'd be thinking about them okay. she'd be worrying about them <laughs> and i no, i i buy into it okay the boys then arrive at knoxville tennessee to the wad for her yeah um excuse me is this the world's fair visitor center used to be back in 1982 <laughs> You're 14 years too late. But there's another World's Fair coming soon, right? Before Friday? That's the thing. So they could acknowledge that this was going to air in 96, but mm. they got the age wrong on the ID. Oh, well, little typo. Little typo, it doesn't matter. Um, the sun's fizz all dilapidated. Or was the month, though? February. Okay. I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> The sun's fizz all dilapidated. What's in there? Uh, 16,000 boxes of unsold wigs. <laughs> now, you gentlemen gonna buy some wigs, or ain't you? Yeah. <laughs> and they buy some. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> they got peer pressure into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my other questions was going to be, what's color? What's the color of Nelson's uh, afro? Oh, purple. Purple, that is correct. This is the moment where it all falls apart. They've realized they've got no money because Martin bought the Al Gore doll. We've yep. got no car, we've got no money, we're stranded. Yeah. We come back and the boys are trying to think of a plan. They try to hock... Millhouse's glasses yep. almost get a lot of money for them. Yeah, they must have been made out of like solid gold yeah. or something. What I would be doing is I'll be going to the next Five, hot store bucks. and getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah, and not break all of the old Coke bottles. Yes, yep, yep, yep. What I like about the next scene where they're trying to get on the train is Nelson's determination to chase after it. They all give up yeah. when it speeds off. He keeps he going. He keeps going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can get this thing. <laughs> uh, it is very funny, though, of like a getting from bad to worse. Yes, it it's is. Just all, lost all their shit now. Lost all their luggage now, too. <laughs> Um, 
They call Lisa now. Uh, well, help. they call March 1st, oh, but yeah. So, yeah. Again, of course I'll accept. She so, was like, yeah, collect call for my son. Of course. I'll, uh, I don't care. I want to talk to him. Oh, yeah. you want Lisa? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great animation here of, it's just Lisa's reaction. So you know what Bart's saying? Yeah, when she says- Stewardess? Um, yeah. And she pulls the phone you away. pretend to be a stewardess. <laughs> and the look on her face. <laughs> yeah. hey. Like, you know, Bart's just going, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get the become a courier, not yes. a not a terrier. They're no, dogs. Yes, uh, I like the. Well, you don't look twenty five, but your unlaminated out of state driver's license is proof enough for me. Good for me. Yes, delivers human eyes to Hong Kong. This is where yep. Skinner sees him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't really go anywhere besides the last gag. I yeah, just, in my head for some reason I thought Skinner did did more in this episode, but yep. he doesn't. No, he doesn't really. He's just there. Yeah, just eating his dumplings. Yes. Why did he go all the way to Hong Kong just to eat dumplings? Well, I didn't. He wanted authentic dumplings. I'm sure he didn't go there just for the dumplings. <laughs> what an authentic human he's eyes. He's there and he ordered dumplings. I don't want to know what those human eyes were for, by the way. Um, it looks like a doctor taking them off him. So let's assume. You I mean, ironically, it's normally China. Uh, they wouldn't be getting the eyes imported from America. They'd just be taking them from their political prisoners. Let's be them. careful. So then, I uh, want to get sued by someone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then Bart calls Lisa and says, can you please help? I can't keep doing this. I'm not going all the way to Marlon Brando's Island to deliver 500 yeah. Big Macs. <laughs> so she comes clean with Homer because that's the only way she can get Bart out of this. She yep. has to tell somebody. She has to get Homer to help. Yep. She makes him promise, though, that he won't do anything about it. He won't tell Bart that she told. Bart rented a car with a phony driver's license and drove Milhouse, Nelson, and Martin to a wig outlet in Knoxville and the car got crushed and they're out of money and they can't get home and Bart's working as a courier and just came back from Hong Kong. Yes, that's a real pickle. Would you excuse me for a moment? Alright, I have thought this through. I will send Bart the money to fly home. Then I will murder him. The look of red on Homer's face before he puts his head the in the The music cue, the shadow, yeah, yes. It's such an amazing scene. That is a pickle. <laughs> really perfection in the way that's done. But then he gets on with it. Yeah. He vents and then he gets on yeah. with the job because he knows he has to help Bart. I'll worry about the money and then I'll kill him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will murder him. <laughs> so he destroys his T-437 and the guy just frantic on the phone. I love yeah. his reaction. I forgot how funny it yeah. was. Uh, Springfield, my computer shows your T-437 is fully operational. Uh, oh my God. He has it sent for Langdon Ulger, which is a nice, yep. nice throwback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who at least he doesn't like anymore. Because he said that he'd forgotten already, yeah. but it proves that he did remember. He just didn't tell anyone. Well, Lisa had actually mentioned it only seconds earlier. She says Langdon, like, you know... Um... No, no, no. She says, don't use your real name because then Bart will know no, that no, I told. No, no. Prior to that. Oh, like, oh, I haven't told yeah. a soul about your new boyfriend. She says I, Langdon Ulger. I don't like him anymore. That's true, yeah. It's still as a nice... Not even in joke. It's, it's just a nice shared secret between Homer and Lisa. Yep. One of a couple of secrets yeah. they will share in this episode. Bart and the boys are then on a courier all the way, or like some sort of plane. Yeah, yeah, Keep it down. They'll know you're in there. Yes. <laughs> in in the box. Empty cargo hold. <laughs> <laughs> Bart is then lying over dinner, or telling lies over dinner, I should say. Mm-hmm. And Marge believes him. <laughs> so it goes yeah. from angry face, angry face to music cue, very happy. Yeah. She believes him. Which is another nice moment of Homer. Like he can't, he doesn't want to ruin Marge's belief either. It's not just about I. I don't want to ruin Lisa's secret. It's also I don't want to. I just don't want to bring it down for everyone. So I've got to swallow my rage. I don't want to. I don't want the hassle. Yeah, 
<laughs> then we get the three phone calls in bed. One of the less memorable that I've forgotten about it, but funny endings to a yeah. Simpsons episode. Hello? Oh, hello, Principal Skinner. No, Bart has never been to Hong Kong. Good night. Hello? Tennessee State Police. No, my son's car was not crushed in Knoxville. I don't know where to begin telling you what's wrong with that. Hello? No, Bart is not available tomorrow to deliver a human kidney to Amsterdam. Homer, are you laughing at me? It's just a fun, yeah, it's a fun story, just fun overall. It is. Plus, it has the nice uh, touch of Homer and Lisa as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, got it, everything you want in a Simpsons episode. It is. It's um, it's like it, it's apart from the fact that as a, some of the jokes, like a lot of the comedy that I loved came from the story and from character. Some of the jokes that were just one-liners put in there didn't hit quite as hard. That's probably the only thing that stops it from being a perfect episode for me. Yep. But. As far as plot goes, it's it's some of the best story writing of any episode that they've ever done. And managing to feel like you're spending enough time with all of the characters, develop that relationship between Homer and Lisa a little bit more, even Lisa and Bart to an extent. It's it's just and and a character examination of who Marge is. It's, it's done really really brilliantly. What did we learn, Palmer? What'd you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that the wig business was not as popular as some might have thought it was going to be back in 1982. That is true. I've learned that if you want to hear Andy Williams sing Moon River, wait for the encore. Yeah. Before we start today's mailbag, Mitch, I, of course, need to read out the names of our beautiful $5 patrons. Going to kick things off with Mr. Seth Weens. Also, we have Logan C. Barassa, Richard Hanny, David David, Lauren C. Turner, Jordan Macy Smith, Sean P. Connor, David Hamish Aversmith, Emmett Lynch, Scott Wilkes, Mika Lowe, Stormy Salengo, Tristan Campbell, Bryce Strobach, Madeline Corzine, Jacob Meta, Josh Trudgett, Joseph O'Hara, Bethany Eager, Tom Gothorpe, Kira June, Oz K, and Stuart Christie. Thank you so much for your support, guys. And don't forget that next week we're going to be drawing out the winner of our two draws, one of them for a Zap Brannigan Funko Pop vinyl and the other for a nine-inch Devil Flanders vinyl figure. Also, I should probably remind you, if you want to support the show and in return get your name read out in the show, get access into the draw, access into the exclusive Facebook group and access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tales of Futurama, The Movie Guys, some Top Tens and more, you can just head to patreon.com slash discount. Javail! Javail is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. We're going to... Um, how long have we been recording for? An hour, an hour. About an hour and ten. Hour and ten. Um, we will... Just do a couple of questions. A couple of questions, and then I'm going to get out of here and have myself a red tie curry. This comes in from Virgin, apparently. Ooh. Um, hello. Richard? No, the guy's name is Simon, but it's like in the mailbox, you know, Maybe it's connected, connected to Virgin Wi-Fi? The sender comes from Virgin. Virgin Wi-Fi? Well... Either that or it's a confession to the world. Hello, what is your favourite appearance of a Simpsons regular voice actor in a film? To make it easier, you can have pre- and post-Simpsons airing. So, for his, Harry Shearer as Derek Smalls, and this is Spinal Tap, and Hank Azaria in Heat as Ellen Marciano. I was going to say Hank in Heat or Dan... Greatest! Or Dan in... Uh... It's, it's, I don't know how Hank can be your favourite because it's not anything that Hank does. It's what Elle does around him that yeah, people like true. in that movie. But if Hank's not in there, Elle doesn't give us that. True. Uh, Dan in Space Jam. Barkley's killing us! Barkley's killing us. Um, I would say I, that Hank in The Birdcage is mm-hmm. hilarious in The Birdcage. Hank is also very good in Friends, yes, which is in a movie. That's not but... film. Um, he's... 
very funny in Along Came Polly. He's one of the only few I haven't seen funny Along things. That's in... got Jennifer Aniston in it too. Yeah, it's right? a bad movie, but um, it's a bad movie. But he is very good as a scuba diving instructor that steals his uh, wife. <laughs> Comparing himself to it, like how he can't help it. It's like it's like hippopotamus. He doesn't know how to be anything other than a hippo. <laughs> he just you ask him why you hippopotamus. He does not know why. He just is. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's also good in it, but that's beside the point. And Oh, Yardley Smith is in uh, Maximum Overdrive as well. Is she really? By the way, yeah. With Stephen King as a director who was, by his own admission, quote, coked out of his mind. Possibly need to beep that as well. Uh, um, Harry Shearer in Wayne's World 2? I believe he's in Wayne's World 2? Uh, yeah, more than likely. Harry Shearer in The Right Stuff is very, very good. Is it is it Joe Montagna that's in Airheads or is it Harry? I think it's Joe, actually. Might be Joe. Yeah, he's a regular. <laughs> yeah, he's regular <laughs> enough. Phil Hartman in anything. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to be more specific, Phil Hartman's cameo in So I Married an Axe Murderer. Nice little tease for our top 10 Phil Hartman appearances. It's not just Simpsons related. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing that for you patrons out there. Yeah, it's just celebrating f- the best of Phil. The best basically. of Phil, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which is going to be coming up on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. Now, Mitch, what final question have you got for us this week? Okay, so this comes from Laura Elliott, who's mm-hmm. been listening for the past six months, bidging on the back episodes from season one. Thanks, Laura. Uh for her question, we often discuss the dumbing down of Homer and how his antics get goofier and more and more convenient. Was there a specific episode, scene, or moment where you thought, yeah, that's too com- too convenient, this is just stupid and no longer funny? For her, it was the episode Screaming Yellow Honkers, where Marge gets the Canyon Arrow and develops road rage. Homer gets picked up by a rhino and is carried through Springfield by his belt. I have no idea why, but for the when I first saw that scene as a teen, it just grated on him. Uh, sorry, grated on him. It just grated on me, and now being in my mid-30s, my distaste for the scene is still alive and well. I didn't like when Homer got his head caught in the drawbridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bit stupid. And there's one episode where he gets the back of his head ripped off and you can see his brain pumping. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's something claws his back of his head. Yeah. And he can see his brain. And I'm like, oh. That's not a Treehouse of Horror joke, is it? No, it's in a normal episode. And I was yeah, like, okay. oh, the Simpsons have jumped the shark a bit here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what would be a moment for me? Like, it, it is a fine line. Like, Homer not knowing that pork, ham, and bacon all come from the same animal is very, very funny. That's a Homer. Yeah, like, I lo- I really like that. There's the gift, by the way, of Homer's brain. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's just silly. <laughs> for me, it's hard for me to pinpoint an exact moment. It's more just the general mood where... The the point where Homer goes from not being able to... Oh, I tell you what, Max Power walking into a cactus or something along those lines. like Which was almost a parody in, its, in itself of that To style. an extent. But yeah, like the when Homer goes from... There's a Homer here in this episode who is smart enough to be able to call another power plant and scam the guy to send him the machine that he needs to get Bart home. Now contrasted with the stupidity and recklessness to destroy that very machine that yeah, is yeah, keeping yeah. the plant safe. So, like, that for me, I like the fact that he can operate on one level and function on one level, but then not on another. That as opposed to just, like, plain, no idea of consequence. painfully stupid Homer that can't even get a sentence out is more of an annoyance for me. Yep. I'll, tr- I'll try to think of a more specific episode or example in the future, but it's just, it's really just been a general feel that it lost its it lost its charm. It went too it seemed to be that they were enjoying too much the stupid aspect of Homer and forgetting to make it a rounded stupidity. It was just like that he's a borderline simpleton. For me it always struck me as that writers has been going for ten years already. <laughs> writers who were fans of the show growing up and you get 
too many of them in the same room that always laughed at the stupid Homer moments and not enough of them that laughed at the creative Homer moments. And then, so it's more about, well, our take on Homer is that he's really, really stupid. No filter. That's all they give him to do. No one had to filter out the silliness. So it was was more just a general feeling around season 11, 12, thereabouts. Fair enough. Alrighty, thanks for listening to our review of Bart on the Road. Now, next week, Mitch, is 22 short films about Springfield. Our yes. patrons will be well aware that we have already done our review of this and it's available right now on the Patreon page. So, we won't be recording anything new for next week. Perhaps a new intro. We might yeah. just we might just touch base quickly yeah. uh, for a little phone or anything. people don't listen to this one and be yeah. confused. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, that means a week off for you, Dando, and I'm off to a uh, golf, golf trip, trip this weekend. Yeah. You're going to win? Be, um, feeling good. Have you ever won the golf trip? No finished dead last last year dead last um, oh my my handicap had come in 10 shots from the year before so it was a uh, I, I was in I was, I'd broken new waters um, what are you paying $1.90 uh, if there was would, actual odds on you to if win if there was odds at me so I would have uh, Sean would probably be about 5 to 1 Damien would be at about 6 you they're just name dropping now so you can just they're both, I mean, they're both pre- previous winners Wardy would be about 8 I'd have myself at 13 14 so there's only 4 of you no, there's a bunch of others. Okay. So but you're I'm not going to name everybody. You're a top four contender? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoy next week's review, which we've already done. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Fucking <laughs> ass. <laughs> 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 <laughs>